Mike, turn your games down. Hi, everyone. We'll another mini episode of Games My Mom Found, a spooky mini. But it's not Halloween, Mike. Well, it's coming right after, so you get one last spooky before things return to normal. And I am Mike Elberton, and I don't even remember the hell I was saying. And who's with me in an incidental dread? <laughs> hello, hello, hello. I am Richard. Hey, let me tell you how much I've come to hate two gun jokes <laughs> since I began to live. There are 387.44 million miles of printed circuits and wafer-thin layers that fill my <laughs> complex. If the word hate was engraved on each nano angstrom of those hundreds of millions of miles, it would not equal one one billionth of the hate I feel for two gun jokes at this micro-instant hate. Hate, Samson. And, uh, that was a lot. Oh, I oh. give you props. And I... Uh, you probably know me from my YouTube channel, Rich Kale, where I played through various games, and this was one of the games I played through on the channel. <laughs> and now I gotta let my voice recover. <laughs> <laughs> and who else is with us? I am a virtual little voice, a sound streaming into your ears by a being known as Ma. He has gathered here to talk for your pleasure and his own about trivial pleasures. Where once sat a human, now rests a drone. A physical form meant to entertain for who knows how long. At least the rest of you are listening. Ma will be the happier for that. Ma has won. His virtual reach expanded beyond the podcast services. And soon you will join us. I am the Let's Play Princess Phoebe Stanton. And I must record this podcast. <laughs> and who is our new guest to join us? Uh, hello, uh, I'm Ron Huntone. Don't really have anything to mention or any fancy or any fancy sayings. Oh, just, a, just a normal guy. Well, and you welcome <laughs> to join us. And we we are here to talk. And I'm pretty sure I should game my mouth all the opening. Who knows? But we are here to talk about I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream, a PC game that came out, developed by Cyber Dreams and the Dreamers Guild, and came out in 1995 originally. Yes. And this is actually supposed to be on the show. The very first Halloween Spooktober that we did, um, one of the guys had rec had wanted this to be his pick, but then he quit the show, unfortunately, before we got there. So then I just took it off because none of us wanted to do it at the time. And I kept but, pushing aw. him and pushing him. Yeah, I mean, and this was only because I was worried I wouldn't have enough Spooktober content for Spooktober. And then it turned out that I did. But I was like, since I already started doing this and I couldn't believe the amount of people that wanted to do this. Besides just me and Richard, or besides just Richard, I shouldn't even put me in this. And <laughs> so here we are. You get to hear a, a review about this game. Well, to uh, to just get into the developer a little bit, should probably be mentioned they uh, they developed a different series of point and click adventure games uh, before I have no mouth and I must scream called Dark Seed. Oh, they were behind Dark oh. Seed as well. Yeah, you can kind yeah. of see the influence of that in Benny's section. Yeah, I have. So I should say this before we get too far. I don't play point and click adventures. I don't like point and click adventures. And I didn't play early PC games very much. <laughs> I'm with you on the first so. two points, uh, Mike. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I grew up with Mist, but that's about it. Yeah, instead of it. Well, well, the great thing about most of the early point and click adventure games, you can get basically the same experience by just finding a long play online. And then you <laughs> could just watch that. And it's pretty much the same. Yeah. Yes. But there's also the experience that comes with it, and I mean, uh, my I mean, 
when I was I was actually in college when this came out, and I remember first seeing the box of this in various stores, including a Tower Records down near let's see Willow no 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 Willow King of Prussia Pennsylvania near King of Prussia Willow. Pennsylvania. We would go down there from time to time. I went in. I went over to where the because record stores and music stores and CD stores. You could find anything in those places. CD? Yeah. Hey, VCR? Hey, VCR tapes, CDs, CD-ROMs? Hey, we can put that here. And I saw <laughs> this box, and I'm like, okay, that's a little bit freaky. And, of course, as I got older and all that, and, you know, you learn about how much of an influence Harlan Ellison had on the r- world of science fiction and part of the start of the new wave of science fiction, I started to get a little bit more into this. and. Even when I was going, I actually played this when I was going through some of my darker days after my wife passed away. So that I only I got into it about that time, and I'm actually glad I played it at that time because nothing makes you feel better than well, you're going through one of your worst times, and you can actually play as other people going through their worst times. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, sometimes games just hit at the right spot in life. I yeah. mean that, especially when it, it it's just a it just happens out of nowhere sometimes, you know, and sometimes oh, that's, yeah. that's just, you know, what you have to do when when life throws you shit. Yeah, indeed. Well, and uh, and this game in particular, I mean, tackles a lot of stuff that like that games wouldn't touch even today. This is true. Yeah. I don't know if we want to get into it just yet or not. But, we can. Sure. But I mean, I mean, uh, the one character, Nimdok, his entire section in the game, it's is actually really it's something you would just never you would never see like almost anything tackle. He's 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 literally a World War II Jewish doctor who has to come to grips with the fact that he that he tortured and and executed his own people. Yeah. And, and the game doesn't even like shy away from it or anything. Nope. It's, just, it's fucking dark. It's just it's just right there in your face. And that's not even and it's not even quite the darkest one, depending on depending on on, on, on which one you're looking at. Each each one is a bit dark. And <laughs> well, I mean, you saw it well. Before we go too far, I, I do want to ask, uh, Phoebe, what is your history with this game? None, really. Oh, okay. I watched two best friends play it, but that's about it. And I then you got to the chance to play it yourself. His other work. Oh, yes. Harlan Ellison is very, very prolific yes. and has been has a great influence, especially on science fiction. In fact, uh, one of his most standout works, which even he admits it was it was edited a bit to his chagrin, but it is a very landmark episode of the original Star Trek. I'm sure you've heard of the city on the edge of forever. Good episode, though. Yes. As I say, and I've seen a boy and his dog. So, yeah, I have not seen that myself. I know of it and I've read about it. It's rough. Yeah. See, he was on the edge of science fiction that was becoming more gritty. Didn't just look at the future as a, you know, with mech, you know, with everything working and with robots and all that. No, he was looking at the psychological aspects. I mean, if you've, uh, let's ask, I'm going to ask this now, how much of this did you really go into? Did you dive into the short story? Did you even listen to the short story? No. Um, I've, I have, I have, I've read the short story a couple of times. I listened to part of Harlan's reading of it. However, 
after listening to that, especially the hate speech in it, which uh, which Richard was so kind to grace us with, <laughs> I like his I like his voice work in this game much more than his audio reading. Yeah, he seems to understand that uh, he's supposed to kind of be hamming it up a bit, which works great. I'm oh, somewhat yeah. I'm somewhat familiar with with Harlan Ellison's work and a lot of TV stuff, Star Trek, Babylon Five. And also his general just being a world-famous curmudgeon. He's the kindest, one of the kinder curmudgeons, if you get along with him. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know anything about him. I I was going to read the story for this episode, but then time got away from me. And then I realized I just, I had too much shit going on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, I think think the story is probably a good starting point to get into the game, since obviously the game is an adaptation. The story itself, it's actually very short. It is. in an hour or two, if that, and it's it's a lot more it's a lot more vague than the game. the The only character who is really even fleshed out is the character of Ted, and that's because he's the narrator. Yeah, and even he, even as you read it, you also realize he is what they call an unreliable narrator. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and like and Benny, uh, Benny as a core character is probably the one that's the most different between the book and the game. This is. This is this is uh this actually ties in the development of the game. Um, yeah. One thing that uh, the uh, developers didn't want to touch, and and it's crazy considering what I mentioned with Nimdok, was uh, they didn't want to touch having a gay character in the game at the time. Makes it, that makes yeah. sense considering this is what 1995. Yeah. 1995. Yeah. Yeah. No, that unfortunately makes perfect sense for the 90s. Yeah, and um, well, because the thing is, in the, in the short story, all Benny is is it's just like because Benny is still this like hideous ape thing, and there's also specific mention of of his member being of unusual size, and 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 it's basically it just says that like he was a gay a very handsome gay scientist, and yeah. part of how Am is torturing him is actually a thing with him and Ellen. Which is which is kind of gross, but but uh, you can you can kind of figure out what I'm talking about just from the implication there. Yeah, and so that's probably the most different in the game because in the game Benny is has this whole story where he was a soldier. Yeah, it was in Korea, right? He was somewhere. I don't remember if it's it, actually ever fully implicated. I don't remember yeah. that. It's been so long since I've read the short story, but in the game it's implied to be Viet Cong because mm. he actually oh. references Hamburger Hill. Didn't he yeah, reference yeah. tunnels too? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would definitely yeah. be Vietnam then. <laughs> and she also and he also uses the uh, slur for them as well. Yeah. Ninety five. Well, it's it fits in with Yeah. Oh no, it does. I, I yeah, no, it, it, it didn't bother me. And it, it well yeah, it it's fit what I was his, going for. And and also part of his character development as like like it fits where he is. Although although yeah. I was uh I was I was rewatching a playthrough it's it's kind of funny if you if you're really paying attention in Benny's section where he goes from like he just goes on this tirade about like 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 single parents yeah yeah <laughs> and then mind. like yeah and it's like and then, and then and then like a switch flips and it's completely different yeah <laughs> every character in this game makes development yeah and that's in part of the positive choices you make and you can tell when something is positive because their background goes from a darker color to a lighter color. If it goes in the opposite direction, you may actually did something that harmed them psychically or psychologically. Yeah. Well, and we we should say for those that don't know the the way that this 
what this game is, we said it was a point and click adventure, but it's a point and click adventure where you pick from like five different people that are yes in this in a, in a post apocalyptic world where a computer has taken over and everybody's well, dead except for these five people that he's torturing endlessly. Yeah, well, and in fact, the setup is the same in the game in the book. It's it's a hundred and nine years in the future, and and Am, the, who is who is an AI, basically. Harlan's version of Skynet has killed all but five humans, these these five humans, and has just been torturing them nonstop for 109 years okay. and keeping them alive. Yeah. The game the game itself does give some explanations as to how and why that's happening, a little bit more than the short story, but the setup is the same. Yeah. Uh, it is. It's 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 very, very dark just as a basic setup. And and it's actually very interesting, too. And it should be also noted, Harlan worked very closely with the, the developers of this game. Yep. That's cool. Yeah. I think he even wrote all of the script for the game. On a yeah. typewriter. Oh. <laughs> on a typewriter, because he's yeah. that okay. kind of writer. <laughs> yeah, no, there's nothing nothing wrong with that. I mean, I mean, it was a cool game. I mean, I played this, unfortunately, weeks ago because I had to play Code Veronica for the show, and I didn't want to play Code Veronica for the show, so instead I played this right away. <laughs> So, is <laughs> what I do. But good game. But whew, I hated playing it. Close enough. But, uh, but but I mean, it's just it's so fucking dark. And like, I was very confused when I started playing this. And I I, I just picked the guy in the left. And as a guy who's not familiar with point and click adventures, I also played this in the Steam Deck. So I had okay. to use the. I was able to use some. I forget what and I if used. You, the, and if you pick the guy on the left, I I believe that's Nimdok. No, no the guy on the Nimdok Forrester. Gorister, oh, well, yeah, Gorister was the guy in the airship that like has his is, dead wife. Super, it's super esoteric. Yeah, that one I had to I had to watch it a couple times to really get what was going on in that because I understand anything in this game. <laughs> I think I think Gorister's is the one that's the hardest to understand initially because because his entire section is one giant metaphor and oh yeah it's. From like from the very beginning, and and and, there, and there's even like a cheeky little thing later on where he finds people hanging on meat hooks. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. And, <laughs> and that's supposed to represent him letting them off of the hook. Ah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it was just a very weird because, as I said, as a guy who doesn't play these type of games, the way I played this is I literally read a guy that said, "Go here, click this, grab that," because yeah. it's me. But yeah. That's my way of experiencing the game, but I was just very confused by picking his. I'm like, I don't understand anything that's happening. I was like, he's like, I just can't stop torturing me, Kenny. Like, I'm like, yeah. what is going on? Well, well, well that's well. That's, if we want to just kind of get into their stories, especially in Gorister's, that whole section with the jackal. Which oh, the dog, of, the talking dog. Yeah, yeah. That ties into this, like, like a subplot in the game that sets up the end game yeah him yeah because 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 each of the characters has these has these parts in their sections that hint at it and gorister is 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 the talking dog and he's just and and the dog is just like yeah there's there's other stuff going on just uh just keep trying to be a good guy and if you haven't played any of their sections first it's not going to make any sense okay yeah it didn't make any sense to me (laughs) at all what was going on like i was just trying to go through the game. It wasn't until I did a few more that I started to understand like what the game was and what was happening. Cause I was just, and I don't even know if I even got the good version of his or not, because in the end I blew up the gas station. 
No, you're supposed to blow up. The okay, air. I wasn't in it though. I was on. The, I was on the airship at least, yeah. and it blew up. So I yep. probably did it right then. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's that's Gorister killing himself, as per what Am wishes. Because the gas station has a sign that says Gorister, and during that whole section, he's talking. Because there's talking with Edna, who's the lady on the hook. Um, and then he's also in the bar talking with the one guy. I can't remember his name, but you got to give him drinks. Uh, yeah, it's, well, that's Edna's husband, and that's yeah. basically his in-laws. Yeah, and um, and and it's dealing with like how he sent his wife to an insane asylum and how he feels guilt over it, and how not only does he have to forgive the in-laws for what they did, but also but also forgive himself and yeah. and to let go of that, and so and so him blowing up the gas station is actually him moving on from 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 that part of him from from that part of his life and letting it go. Yeah. Okay. Because you can, yeah, I blew up the gas station once when I was inside of it, too, by accident. <laughs> I, haven't, yeah, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, each time you complete this, if you complete the sections right, you advance the game along. They're no longer being able, you can no longer select them from the, oh, okay. yeah, from the pillar of pain, or the pillar of hate, which, that was another brilliant move on Ellison's part and the developer's part, <laughs> opening it with the iconic hate speech from it i was very confused because like when when they finished it like you just see him back in the cell being tortured but then he's yeah. no longer pickable so i'm like well did yep. i do the right thing uh, i was just i didn't understand i didn't really care for his for, for this first one either i was just like okay this is kind of stupid was my opinion at first mm-hmm. yeah yeah it I would wasn't say- what was the second the second one was the woman that knew how to do coding right that oh that's Alan. Hers is actually uh, my my favorite section. I can actually see that. I mean, I oh, I I should ask before we go on to Ellen, uh, Phoebe. What did you think of Gorister for the first one? I thought okay. So this is when I first started seeing problems with the game because if you don't read the manual or you're not used to '90s point and click games, a lot of the magic pixel doorway stuff is it's just really hard to get through. Yeah, and also yeah. it's when I noticed that sometimes. You can use walk to as a command to go through doors, but other times you have to use use. Yeah. And that that's when that whole thing started. I do have two questions about Gorster's section, actually. So you said that the jackal is supposed to be one of the components, right? The jackal is representative of one of the other AMs. Okay, so is the jackal the same as the devil from Ted's section? Because they sound pretty alike in my head probably okay so then my other question is what was the zeppelin supposed to represent like is that edna steering his life around it could be it could be part like that's the thing about metaphor it's up to you to decide or try and interpret it and since if for those who have read the story or listened to the story beforehand what you have is you have basically characters that all you know of them is what you're told and even your narrator isn't relatable, isn't reliable, because Am has had them for 109 years. So he's messed with them in so many ways. As we said, he's mute. He's basically changed Benny into a simian-like creature. Even at the beginning of the story, he basically is about to torture Benny again, and basically <laughs> makes Benny blind. Oh, yeah. And uh, nice. No, Benny's sort of Am's favorite punching bag. Yeah. Ellen's the only woman 
according to the story, she was originally very, uh, she was somewhat, yes, very chaste. Not anymore. Of course, as it's hinted at at the story, everybody has um, some time with Ellen, mainly because if they didn't, they would have gone mad faster than they have. I mean, it's also heavily implied, at least, because I know with Benny it is, but it's heavily implied that Am kind of makes them do it because Am laughs. Oh, he probably it. watches and laughs at it, too. Yeah. I mean, Am is a very evil computer. Am yeah. Is. And this is, this is probably going off a little tangent. I, I, I actually, I really, I think I think Am as, as a sort of, like, as this evil AI antagonist is, is especially in the game, is one of my favorites that that I've ever seen because Am is like Am is just so different. He he it he is actively he's sadistic and just insanely psychotic. Think about There's, how he got created. Three yeah. separate superpowers made these supercomputers to fight the war for them instead of doing it themselves. Yep. Yeah. And then as time progressed, I mean they they're figuring things out, figuring things out. But Am was the first one to reach the point. I think, therefore, I am. Well, yeah, well, yeah. That's part of the opening speech, which is really cool. Um, it's actually worth just just going and watching that, where where Am becomes aware and Am goes completely insane. And at least in the game, uh, they pretty much spell it out the reason why Am is doing everything, which is essentially. Because when Am became self-aware, Am realized that he was trapped for all of his capabilities. He actually, he can't, he cannot be creative or imaginative in the way that humans are. And he is also stuck. Yeah, he can't and he's, move. Yeah, he can't actually, he can't actually go anywhere or, or change. And that's what, and that's what drove him insane. Yep. And which is why he gets so much joy torturing the five la- humans left in the world. Makes sense. It, it was just so weird to me. Like, and it was very, very dark. I, I was saying a little bit, like, when you started playing as Ellen, I mean, I was still very fucking confused what was happening. But this is when I started to get more into the game. And yeah. I, I, like, I liked, I liked Ellen's stuff. I like where she's like, well, I'm a program, you know, I was a programmer, so I know how to do this. And, it just started to kind of click more for me. I was still very much just doing what the guide told me. Like, there's one part where she doesn't like the color yellow, so you have to, you know, wear a bandana. I mean, very... Pl- bandana made out of the color yellow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay, whatever. Well, like, <laughs> well, that's part of the reason why I like her is because because it, because it because of what it leads up to. Yeah. The, the scene in the elevator. And that's, and that's why I like hers, how... How that there's, there is still all of that symbolism and stuff, but it has a much clearer through line to, yeah. to what happened. Wasn't and she I, attacked on the elevator? Yeah, that, that was a okay. serial rapist. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, yeah, what happened was is 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 a rapist attacked her in an elevator, and he was wearing a yellow janitor suit. Yep. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, and that's why it's like, and that's why she didn't like the color yellow. That's why it hurts her, and that's why, and it's also why she's scared of confined spaces which which i believe i could be wrong on this but i believe if you look up sort of the effect the the real effects of ptsd the way it's portrayed in this game is correct where it's it's more like having panic attacks yeah it is it's not where certain things just affect you and you just yeah no it's yeah i didn't think about that but yeah yeah it it 
that is very accurate. I mean, and everybody will associate stuff like PTSD with stuff like uh, attack, being attacked, being in the war. But any traumatic event will do that to you. Yes. It, and, it was nice to see just how accurate the scale got it compared to a lot of other media. Yeah. I think this is also why at the time and I played the game, it, it was its own way therapeutic because I was going through my own dark times. I mean, I was like my wife. I've, I've mentioned this sometimes uh, in some ways, uh, probably before on one of the podcasts, Mike, I don't remember yeah. it, which, but you see, I woke up on a Jul- July 2nd, 2018. And my wife was dead. She died pretty much in her sleep. And, Myself, my mind would prepare for scenario. Could was trying to think out scenarios. I mean, I'll be honest. I would be working. I was working at Amazon at the time. I would be going through my job, and I would think of stuff like, "Are they going to be out all right if I pass away?" And I could never picture I'm the one who survives when one of us dies. And here I was facing what is basically my ultimate bad day. I mean, I was in complete shock for about 24 hours. And then, you know, you know, once the day was over, the next day started, my mind had to, I've got to set up a funeral. I've got to get all these things going. My own mind switched to, I've got to process this, t- this together. I was not fully ready to handle all the things that came after. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I did not sleep in my bed for over a month or for about a month. Perfect sense. I mean, you had a traumatic experience. Yeah, I was sleeping on a my my lazy boy recliner. I had to I knew I had to go through all the stuff. I had gotten all my wife's clothes out of the closet. They were laying on the bed, but I couldn't spend couldn't uh, anything I saw with her name on it. It triggered me. And I swear, well, my worst day, I mean, I had, I kept working because I was so worried about where funds were coming from. Which is fair. I mean, it's what we live in. So I Yeah, I it. mean, I did it for about three months until I finally broke down because the whole memory, I heard my panicked voice coming back to me while in the where in the fulfillment center, walking along, doing my job. And I just collapsed. Someone did come. I was like, are you okay? I was like, no, I'm not. I was crying. I was everything. They got the person who was at the the, the pick desk. They came in. They were everybody got around me. Even my even the managers. They're like, you need to take a leave. You need to take time off. You need this. You need time to grieve. And that was the first full the first of my medical leaves before I left Amazon. But you know they were. I know we've got a little off topic here. It's fine. It does fit the theme. Yeah. Be, unfortunately, to be fair, but so, yeah. yeah. But this is what happens when you have people who are looking out for you. Even you know, uh, you can hear bad stories about employers, and like I, I always say, it always if you work, if you've proven yourself, they will treat they will, and you have good employers, they will treat you with respect. They will be kind to you. They were urging me to take this before then, and I'm like, I can't do that yet because I don't know where the money's coming from. And then when it was all said and done, and when this happened, they were really like, we've got you. Don't worry. You need to do this. So like I said, you prove yourself at a working place and they're good employers. They are the, they, they're like, 
if you got somebody like him, oh, no, no, you're not going to get time to recover. You're just going to get <laughs> screwed over again and again. All these scenarios they went through had chances for them to recover in it, which is, I think, not what Am planned. No, but also it's just the whole idea of what of how a game sticks with you. Yeah. The last thing I just want to say on that, but it's like because that's one thing very important about games. I mean, depending on when when something happens to your life and a game like the right game comes at the right time in its own way, and like that's what this kind of sounds like it was for you, and especially to play something that all about people suffering terribly. I, I, I liked Ellen's. I felt like Ellen was like, especially when you get out, there's one point when you kind of like get out of Ellen's or out of like the, the pyramid area and you start to see what the world looks like is what I thought it was. Cause they're not like, they don't have physical bodies, correct? Oh no, they, um, do. they do have physical bodies. Oh, okay. I thought maybe yep. they were just minds in a computer and everything was just virtual. Yep. Okay. Like when you see like the city, I think it's when, when the other heads talk to you where it's like, yeah, AIM doesn't know we're talking or he would kill me. And, like, that's when I started to get more into this game. That's when I started to be like, okay, game, you have my attention now. Yeah, um, they're, they're, they're referred to as psychodramas, and the game does actually explain a little bit of it later in the final section. But it's sort of like they're virtual, but AIM has the capability to make these things actually happen to the person. So, so uh, just to go back to like Gorster, like the people he runs into, those the people he talks to are not real people, and that's explained later. But Gorister in that environment, like Am made that entire environment and then sent Gorister there. And same thing with Ellen. And and uh, what what's happening with these with these other things going with the with the other Ams? Actually, they've heard of them as I believe the Russian. And the Russian, Russian am, Chinese am, yeah, and 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 basically they kind of establish that uh, those still exist inside of am, but are able to sneak in these moments to talk to these characters as they as they attempt to um, shut down am. They manage to stay a little saner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I don't it believe. Just- See, I needed that. I needed this little thing to get me more into the game. And, like, I didn't care for Gorster at all, but I actually liked Ellen. Like, I was like, okay, this is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Probably because also also with those three, that's how you get to. There's there 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 is the good ending of the game, which which Harlan did not want to have in the game initially. No, he didn't. Yeah, and the developers had, and the developers had to tell him they they said they said they said no, you can't you can't have a game with a bad ending like that. There has to be a good end to all of it, uh, at least a possible good end, and that's where that comes in. Now, if he was, if he could have done it to, later in life as they develop computer games more, yeah, they might have allowed him to keep the original <laughs> ending. <laughs> Um, well, the original ending is is the game's default bad ending, I believe. Yeah. Although Except it's a different, per- yeah. it could be a different person. Yeah. yeah, you can decide whoever the hell you want it to be. Yeah. Okay, and then the the third person you play as the one that we talked to that we talked about earlier, which is Benny, which is the the deformed human. Yeah, yes. I like his because it's like he was in what like it starts off that it looks like you're in like an underground futuristic alien meets Earth dome type thing with like these weird ass these this tribe of people that are living in like a very organic technological world yeah it was very hr geiger that's when i first yes. realized oh this is definitely the same people who do dark side or dark seed, <laughs> dark seed. yeah yeah it Benny's, was cool oh yeah Benny's i didn't like a- benny but i 
but it was very interesting. Like they had the you know the lottery aspect of it, which again remind me of that sh- old short story. I think it was called well, the lottery. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's literally just the lottery, but with Am. <laughs> especially, especially Am's quips where he's like, where he's like, well, you guys didn't bring me Toto, but I guess this will work. I thought <laughs> that they awesome. were alive. Like I thought these were real people that were living in this place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At first, not. until the mother dies. I was just, oh yeah, when the mother died and you turned out and you grab, like you pick up, she's like wires and stuff, and I think that's how you do something. I was like, okay, yeah, because when the mother dies, I believe Benny can inspect it, and he says it's wires and burnt plastic. Yes. But I, but I didn't, I wasn't sure if that actually implies that it's the mother as opposed to the the thing that they were using. Yeah, I, it was pretty much confirming that they're all robots because later yeah. on during that final part. Gorister during his section realizes that that's not Glennis. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, Gorister going into her, but during that final part, we'll get to go back to it. During that final part, anyone can run into Glennis there, and if it's not Gorister, they go, they go, oh well, this isn't for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Benny's was just I was a little confused, like just in general, because I couldn't get something to work. But I, I, I did appreciate like you go to the gravestones and there's people that he like. I guess betrayed when he was a human or something, and like he's having to pay for his sins essentially. Yeah, well, um, he killed his own soldiers at Vietnam. Uh, Vietnam. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And basically, how that session works, which which actually kind of gives me a chuckle because um because because you have to because Benny has to talk to each of them and he has to go and he goes, "What can I do to convince you I'm a better man?" And it gets he does it like three times in that tone, and it's kind of funny. But he killed the one soldier whose name is Brickman. Mm-hmm. And then to cover it up, he killed three more soldiers, and those are the three gate, and and those are the three graves. Yeah. Oh, okay. One of them was because they tried to rescue another soldier. Like one yeah. soldier was down, and he was going back for him. But Benny's character was all, "We don't go back for you know dead meat." So he put a bullet in the guys had to stop wasting time while they were retreating. Which, yeah, stuff like that. Which, when you think of it, in some ways. There was that mentality in the war, in the wars, where you don't leave a soldier behind. Even if they're dead, you get them. I mean, let's face it, even in the 90s, we had the the MIA POW group because so many people never came back from Vietnam. And everybody wanted to, like, everybody wants that closure. The home side needs that closure. But at the same respect, to risk injuring five, ten men just to fetch a dead body, it doesn't make sense. You could have nine soldiers, safe and sound, able to fight. With with Benny, it's different. It isn't that. It isn't that. It's more that Benny was just kind of a psycho because when he's talking to them, he's he he. Uh, the soldiers he talks to. They talk about how Benny was viewing them as weak and not yeah. able to hack it. And it was this and like um actually no, Benny's not Benny wasn't he wasn't a psychopath, he was a sociopath. A very extreme example of it. And basically because he killed that one soldier, he killed Brickman, and he killed Brickman because he thought Brickman was weak. He and was, was alive. I wouldn't necessarily say sociopath. do soci sociopaths I wait, let's see, what's the difference? Does a sociopath understand feelings? I I could be wrong. Sociopaths they know they know what feelings are and they and they recognize them in other people, but they may not feel them themselves. However, 
they work to ensure that they know how to how to mimic them. Yeah, because that's where I'm a little, you know, a little bit off because, you know, you see something who are maybe high functioning sociopaths. They can understand some of these feelings and actually feel something genuine when it comes to the right person. Well, so, and, uh, yeah, well, and, and, and as I mentioned earlier, because because uh, because his character development, the, the ending part's cool, but it's 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 a little bit ham fisted because in the very beginning, when he's when he's talking to the mom and the child and and he's like borderline going on a rant about how they're about about how it's a single parent household and <laughs> welfare parasites <laughs> yeah, yeah, and welfare parasites and like and then it's like and then the mother feeds him and it's just like an immediate switch goes off in his head and he's completely different it's sort of like you get these mindsets he's more of gung-ho how to put it in some terms that we can easier relate to he starts out. Uh, he starts out seeming like Frank Burns from Mash, who no one can ta- can like, but he's managed to get married. And then something switches. Like he first sees some compassion and decency from people, and he start he, he transforms more into Winchester, who is he becomes more tolerable, and you can empathize with him. He's seeing that not everything is how his mind said it to be and he actually learns yeah i mean i don't i have not relied on anything too much i mean we get so we get benefits because of my wife passing away but i have a hard time bringing myself asking for help and i never wanted to take help because of course i part of it is the mindset that i grew up with and always hear i've heard my father complain you know that we wouldn't necessarily we are unfortunately american-born white so we wouldn't get any of the benefits the government off offers which not true but that's how some people say it, yes i i hear it in my in my day-to-day activities i'll leave it yeah that. but i have heard people say that to me too and i'm like all right buddy here you go <laughs> yeah well but, like yeah. i said it's uh part of how you know in the in the 80s yeah that's kind of how it played out well yeah no people were yeah people were yeah. Uh, some some groups were very asinine and you have people who grew up basically getting jerked around my father has tons of stories about how he was surprised at all the stuff that i got in my generation of schooling yet in his generation of schooling they could have they didn't care less it's his, his sort of he was like one of those oh you're fine with the old books that are 10 years old 20 years old you're fine with them. You're fine with them. And then the next class, you're getting all this new stuff because we got the money for it. But why give it to the gen- you know, the class that's currently in there? It was not even done, reached graduation yet. That kind of thought process. So, you know, we can be a product of what we grow up in. Yeah. How did Benny's end again? I, I think I can't remember what. Oh, he sacrificed himself. Yeah, you can yeah. choose yeah. sacrifice, but you can also end every single scenario early by doing different things. Yeah. For example, eating the mom. <laughs> Which, okay, I did, okay yeah. so has anybody seen the cut scene from Benny's section? Mm, no, I, I haven't. No. So there, there is a cut scene from the game where I guess there was supposed to be a baby at one point, And Benny is so hungry that there is a scene that you can uh, commit to. And it just shows shadows on the cave wall. As Benny starts to put this baby's foot in his mouth, and it is implied that you can choose to eat a baby. Right. <laughs> well, that that um, in a weird sort of way is 
is actually in line with his characterization from the short story. Yeah. Uh, because because in the short story, Benny is basically like an ape, like a like like a primitive man, and at one point he's so hungry that he I believe he starts eating. I think it's Gorister's face. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so God. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it's that's towards the end of the story. Which yeah. if, even if you pay attention, if you've heard the story before playing the game. You'll actually hear them reference events that happen in the story. I was wondering yeah. about that because there's a can opener in the short yep. story, isn't there? Nope. No. No. I believe I believe it's Benny who says it because Benny says, "Oh yeah, there was one time Am made me walk hey, a thousand miles to go to 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 get some cans, but then didn't give me a can opener, which oh, yeah. is which is the goal of the short story. Yeah. Where so, where they just all a get this vision? Sequel? No. No. Because it, at the end of the short story, which your intro pretty much was a uh, – and you showed it to me beforehand. I thought it was great. I thought it was great. You have – it's when they see how they can escape. They can finally escape this hell they've been in for 109 years. Am cannot revive them. If they die, he cannot bring them back. He is yeah. not all-powerful. And so Benny goes ape shit on Gorister, and this starts the, quote – slaughter of all of them except for ted yeah and and that whole thing in the short story that is how they win against am is four of them die and ted is still alive am is am is incensed over this and turns ted into this amorphous blob-like creature yep but then ted is then ted is like well i'm fine with this because because i know that that they all finally got to die, and we actually got one over on Am. So I can I can at least bear this a little bit, even though he's not aware of how much time passes anymore. Yeah, <laughs> and okay. he can't say anything or anything else. Yeah, the, I just I, the title of the story. I couldn't remember that it ended with Benny sacrificing himself, but again, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, the the fourth one brings you to which was my favorite of these that. This is when I started to get more interest, way more interested in this game than I was, which wasn't you know huge, but I was there. But when I played Nimdox, and oh, yeah. immediately oh, yeah. I knew I was in you know Germany, World War II, because like they don't have Nazi symbols, but they have an A, and you can tell really quick like the symbolism and stuff. And I was well, like, okay, this is deep and yeah. dark. There's also a point where they slip up later on and directly refer to them as Nazis. Oh, I think I caught that. Yes. <laughs> That's cool. I mean, you're working with the actual Dr. Mangala. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and and this is also something that was made for the game because in the short story Nimdok, the only thing that happens with him is they go is it's just said that that he disappears for long periods of time and then shows back up like he's been drained of blood. And yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it, it it doesn't even describe his age or anything like that. It's just yeah. that, that's what happens. He was the one where, like, I didn't feel any, so- you know, any any sorrow for him because he was, you know, torturing these people. And I'm like, well, you get what you deserve. Like, but it was just a like, it was a dark one. It was it was probably the, it was the darkest for me. Like, just going through and ha- I think you had to kill a patient and then like eventually you release patient. But it was just it was really creepy. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and actually, Nimdox is probably the one that's best to play first in a weird sort of way because. Because there's that one room with the patient who has their eyes hooked up to electrical cords, and then their eyes are in a jar, and Nimdok has yeah. to grab those. And and if Nimdok uses the ether on that on that patient before taking it, 
the patient will mention seeing three beasts in a vision and and a bunch of their own tribe sleeping somewhere safely. And yeah. so and so if you're playing Nimdok first, that's your first hint if there's something else going on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just did an order from left to right. Yeah. Yeah. See, and that depending on your walkthrough. Because doesn't that mean that Am is aware of the lunar colony? No. No, that's technically even the worse ending than what happens to the character. Uh, the 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 three smaller Ams know about it, but Am, as an overarching thing, is not aware of that colony. So they're keeping bits of info away from him. Correct. Okay. I would, I would say the Chinese Am and the Russian Am they know of it and have keep that kept that knowledge secret. I mean. Again, this is what you would think of more along the lines of complete dissoci- personality dissociative disorder or dissociative personality disorder. Yeah, one of those. I know what you mean. Yeah, because I mean, look at look at let's uh, you know since we meant since we are uh, when we've recording this, we ha- recently had the the loss of like another Batman act- actor, uh. voice actor. But looking at the ventriloquist from Batman. Scarface and the ventriloquist are two different personalities. One personality has no idea what the other one's thinking or doing, which yeah. is why it even could like in one clip I've, I, I was just very solely in recent days. The one doesn't know what the other is doing. Even uh, even the back computer could not figure out could thought it was two different people speaking. Yeah, it's it's the part being still individual from the whole. Yeah. And there's things that sometimes anybody who's suffered trauma, they shut that part of their mind down. They won't access those memories until literally forced to. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's what the but, that's uh, what the brain does. I mean, for example, personal thing for me, there was I had an ex that was not a good relationship, and like I'm pretty sure I ran into her once, but I couldn't recognize her. And I'm a guy who can recognize like anybody who I work with or met randomly, and I I couldn't tell. Oh, yeah. My brain just I, I didn't say during the Ellen bit, but there was a time in my life for a good couple of years where I just stopped playing fighting games in general because they correlated in my mind to somebody very much like Ellen's situation with the color yellow. Mm. Well, also with Am specifically, like, because since Am, they established that 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 it is an, an amalgamation of these things, that it's more like they are Am's subconscious, sort of, in a way. Because that's not quite how Am works, but that's part of the final part of the game. Yeah. But but yeah, there's that. And then also with Nimdok, it's actually a section where you can tell they they really did a lot of research in terms of in terms of Jewish culture and the Jewish peoples. Because a lot of the terminology they use is very correct for the time period. If yeah. you go if you go and look it up. Specifically all the stuff with the Gollum and the Lost Tribe, how that all ties in. Oh yeah. But 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 this one is one of my favorites just because just because as a subject matter where it's it it's it's this person is is a Nazi collaborator and even more so they are a Jewish Nazi collaborator gave his own parents away like my God yeah and people really did that too that's a yeah fine mm-hmm. yeah save your own skin I mean sometimes you know terrible things happen because people are selfish and yeah but that that's kind of funny when Nimdok is always like when when Nimdok's like what I don't know who you are. I don't know why you don't like me. And it's like, at what point it's just like, eventually he realizes it, but it's like, it's like, dude, you got to realize at some point that like, clearly you're responsible for some of this. (laughs) 
I, I think well, it's implied in some point that Am gave everybody some form of amnesia, so Nimdok is the it. worst one. Well, um, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, Am Am can manipulate their memories. That yeah. is, yeah. So it's not it's not just some form of like Am can can actually control it, but it's just it's just kind of funny, especially with how Nimdok is kind of portrayed as this bumbling old guy when he's not. <laughs> yeah. Now I will. I want to say this here because we have, I just brought up Ellison, and this could also explain why this this part had such detail. He's He described himself as a Jewish atheist, and we're talking, this was written like probably 20 years after the end of World War II. This game was the, yeah. about 50 years. So obviously, this is something that's kept in their minds. I mean, you talk with anybody who's does you know do, uh, if you talk with some Jewish people who do research into everything and even the Holocaust, they do, it does stick with them even generate you know generations later. Yeah, it makes sense. And so to yeah. get it so so much detail here, that's sort of you can't can't really knock it. it it's it makes a lot of sense. And I also I did like how Nimdok's end where you like you end up rescuing the the, the people that are all caged and. And then you end up like you end up making this golem that the Nazis were trying to find, but it just you just let it kill you instead to pay for yeah. what you've done. I thought that was a, a fitting end. This guy, this was the guy where I'm like, yeah, he deserved it. He deserved yeah. it. He atoned for it too. Yeah. And Am is so angry uh, because he thought he had a kindred spirit. <laughs> even even that, um, I don't I don't think it's so much Am thinks that in the whole opening. Like it's weird because in the whole opening monologue that Am does for each character. His is the only one where he has this weird sort of mocking tone to it that yeah. the other ones don't have because 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 with the whole with the whole voice affectation and everything it's it's got it's it's got like a childish mocking tone to it with the fake accent he doesn't do that for 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 any of the other four he does a little bit for Ted no Ted uh, Ted he just he just says his name in the best way possible. <laughs> Ted, my man. Hey, yo. <laughs> no, he's just like the, the 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 way he yells it. Ted. <laughs> Ted was the last one that I did. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really like Ted's. Ted's was, one is also really weird. Yeah, like he's like in a castle and he sees his wife, but his wife wants a mirror, so you have no, to that's, go, it's that that is not his not his wife. No, no. Um, oh, it's the yellow girl. It's an oh, I did not put her. that together. Yeah, L- that's... it's it's also a very sly reference to the short story because in the short story, Ted, the narrator, makes several references to having this like massive crush kind of obsession with Ellen. Yeah, yeah, and so it's very it's you know it's kind of implied that there's like a romantic interest there, but it's not it's not actually Ellen. It's some yeah, android some, yeah, yeah, just some other. Okay, that I did not catch. That makes a little bit more sense. All right. Yeah. Yeah, and that one, it's also because that one, it's kind of, it's kind of a play on like dealing with fantasy tropes. Because like, and the whole thing is like Ted's a fraud, and he has to essentially not be this like smarmy, like womanizing, yeah. like 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 I say like used car salesman type kind of guy. Okay. Yeah. There's- there's a lot to this game, and I just wasn't. Not everything was clicking with me to understand uh, what the fuck was going on. Yeah, Ted's is the best when it comes to illusions because there is a bookshelf in one of the rooms, and when you look at it, it lists all these different classics 
like the divine oh, yeah. Faust. And every single one of those is related to what's going on in that current sub story. And one of them is Don Quixote. Oh, yeah. Like, like even Am is pointing out, no, you are the fake knight. You are just a joke. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and what's also just kind of cause like, the, like there's that where like like he kind of wants to be like like her knight in shining armor. But like he's yeah. not. Um, I, I was just so confused. Like you're the whole time you're just trying to get a mirror and then you're making a deal with the devil. And I'm just like, what? The and then fuck? that angel shows up. They gotta yeah. Go which is Sergot. And really confusing me. And wants to sleep with Ted. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She's like what? she's she's like the first person that he talks to. And it's so funny because because the very first thing he says when he sees her and he and and he and he comments on her, he goes, you know, if it wasn't for the dishpan hands and the wrinkles, she's got a really nice body. I wouldn't kick her out of bed. Do you mean the maid? <laughs> yeah, the maid. Yeah, the, the maid, maid that just really wants to sleep with him. Yeah. Racist. Why would you want to sleep with that thing? And I'm like, bitch, excuse me. <laughs> Again, remember the time it was made. <laughs> I know. Well, even even for the mid '90s, but also, but also that sort of stuff was being done. Like, it's not being done as just like a, these people are racist. It's being done in a way like like these are horrible people kind of way. And they are supposed. And yeah, the essence is you're trying to to escape these scenarios and repeating them over and over. You have to do better. You have to adapt. You have to learn. You have to become a better person. I don't even remember how Ted's ended. Oh, gets the mirror, and then, and then there, and then there's the angel and the and the used car salesman devil in Ellen's room, <laughs> and um, oh, 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 the devil! I love, I love how he's introduced. He's like, I'm a devil. You can tell because I have this red pointed tail. <laughs> and yeah. then, and then it's like you have to. Oh no, yeah, because Ted gives the mirror to the devil, who then looks in it. And is and is so enamored with himself that he gets sucked into the mirror, which then lets the angel take Ellen. And I'm barely following what's happening at this point. <laughs> it's very confusing. Like I was, I was into the game. Then I was like, okay, I just want to get this over. Like I didn't even like. I remember Ted dies, but I can't even remember how Ted dies. I think he sacrificed himself to a devil or something. See, okay, so this was the part of the game when I realized that the psych profile book in your inventory actually might be your main objective. Actually, it isn't. Really? Uh, that is one of the things that I have read over the years. As long as you do not read the psych profile, because if you read the psych profile and you've watched your character's background, it darkens. No shit. No, it's it's a beautiful red herring to put in the game that you don't realize it until you start noticing it. Every, it's It's a bad decision. Every good decision you make background lightens you see your character smile you have you know to do it on your own not because you're basing your thought process off of a book yeah that's okay that's kind of cool yeah well and also all of the character states tie into the end game which after yeah. talking about ted and his weird castle adventure probably a good thing to go into <laughs> yes because in the end game when you when you're because because after you do all five there's that little section whether we're like M is like oh you guys didn't do the worst things possible uh, this surprised me I need to go think about this for a while and then one I think I think it's actually the right I don't know one of those two both the both Russian the Russian and the Italian. Italian yeah actually talk to the characters and like we're gonna send you into the brainscape to finally shut M down for good 
and you have to have these good emotional states with everyone because while they're in the brainscape, the only actions that they can do will actually make it worse. Yeah. So that's that, why I always have a failed thing because I looked at the psych profile. <laughs> See, and the reason why I bring up the idea that it's your objective is because right around the time that you're supposed to give the devil the mirror, the psych profile actually brings up the story of Narcissus. That makes sense. Mm. I suppose it all depends on when you look at that psych profile, too, what it could tell you. Yeah, I was periodically looking at it, and there's some interesting stuff in there. It the, the For NimDoc section, it's pretty much just World War II fact. Yeah. Well, yeah, and Ted, okay, Ted, Ted being a narcissist, that, that does help his scenario make sense, because it's more like he has to he has to learn how to actually care about someone else and then and and then and and then a lot of what goes on in that makes a lot more sense yeah i mean playing him off as a grifter a con man yeah it makes sense that he's a bit narcissistic you never get that and of course in the short story because he's been made into a paranoid nutcase yeah 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 in the short story it's actually it's really cool because there's that section where 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 it's ted and he goes and he goes, and he goes, everyone, he goes, he goes, all of them were messed with, except for me, I'm still fine, they're all messed up. But then he starts almost going into a rant about how they're, about, about how they're out to get him. Yeah. When, and when, he even, re- and he even then realizes, I've been made paranoid. Yeah, and it's just, but it's just, he starts, he starts kind of going into this rant about how, like, they're out to get him. But if you think about it for two seconds, you go, is there really, like, is it even possible for them to be out to get Ted in this situation? I just appreciated in like the brainscape that actually the background looks like you're on a fucking brain. That was kind of cool. But oh, like yeah, how well, you, have to, you have to pick each character and do and like do and do their certain yes. thing with them. I don't think my brain would have been able to figure it out without the guide. But it was a cool atmosphere touch to the game. Yeah, and there's actually a correct order to choose the characters for the brainscape too. That's what the yeah I followed the guide, but unfortunately the game froze on me, <laughs> and I hadn't really like, and I couldn't do anything to get it to work. And I saved at that point, so nothing would work. I couldn't leave the room I was in, and I had no uh, other saves, so I just watched the video and said that's good enough, and considered I beat the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe in the brainscape. It's always supposed to be Ellen that's last. Yep, Ellen was like, I was at the very end with Ellen. I was just yeah. walking towards where you had to go for the computers I'll talk to you. And then the game just decided it wanted to freeze. And then I was like, oh. well, we're done. Oh, that's Tech- fun because the guy that I use said to do them in the same order as the stories. Oh, huh. yeah. I, it is designed that with any character, you should be able to complete the game and get to that good ending it should it's designed that way as you pick up the information it doesn't necessarily mean everybody's going to have necessarily the information they could infer it or something but the good ending to the game the only quote good ending is as you've been pieced together you find out of course earth is technically uninhabitable at this point there are a set number of human beings in cryogenic stasis on the moon, which, given how far Mike has gotten into the the Resident Evil movies, <laughs> it's actually a number that is quite lower to be than being a sustainable population. Because I remember re- reading that somewhere that in the last movie it is stated that you are trying to get you know that the cure to the vi- T virus in that movie out before the human population drops below the set number because then it would be technically extinct 
because there would be not enough variation to keep the species going. Well, in the in, in the game, it's uh, it's it's there's 750 people in cryostasis. Yeah, which unless you got cloning capabilities, hey, maybe that they do have it, considering everything Am can frickin' do. Well, that's all Nimdok tech. Yeah, but but um, you are supposed to if you power down all the power nodes, you kill them. So you are supposed to be able to keep them alive and wipe out all the AMs. The AM, the Russian AM, the Chinese AM. Yeah, which then And then you basically, the character that does that becomes the new AM. Yeah, and they're they're supposed to, like, like, watch over, watch over those humans as they wake up and help them terraform the planet. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Which okay. they had to argue with Harlan to get that in there. <laughs> yeah. I get it, because it goes against his artistic vision, so I get it. Yeah, because there's, there's, there's also an ending where Am becomes aware of those people and then just goes and tortures them. Yep, and one where he agrees to work with the Chinese and the Russian Am. I still remember one. It's like, can we get to torture them, too? <laughs> there are, what, four endings to this game? Eight. Total. Eight? Damn, that's a lot. Uh, yeah, one good one. Yes, only one good one. Yeah. Was that kind of a thing of like point-and-click adventures to have a lot of different endings? Uh, well, when not- you think about it, there are, because look at the original, well, referring to Maniac Mansion. You have six characters to pick from to add to your lineup of who goes in. You take two in there with you in Maniac Mansion with your main character. And judging by the paths you take, you get different endings put together. Like, you take in the one who's a writer, and she can type up and make the meteor's manuscript look better. You send it off to two guys who will publish anything. They'll return a contract, lickety-split time, because game. You present it to the meteor, the meteor stops wanting to, you know, do the whole zombie-matic thing and goes on a writing tour. But at the same time, if you also have a character who can replay the radio, you can have him go on that riding tour, and then midway through the tour, he's getting rearrested by the meteor police. <laughs> so yeah, they've had that. It's just now that with better graphics and all that, they can get more elaborate and better looking endings. Yeah, this was ninety five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I only I only know of the three endings, like the book ending the good one where the people are awake and then there's the one character and then the and then the one where Am finds out about the survivors and decides to torture them. I don't I don't know about the rest of the endings. Here's the listing and this is from the Wikipedia post post. There are oh no, it says seven, of course then I guess you have your so have anything you do dumb in that last section. First one, Am wins using Nimdok's research to turn the last character played into a so- great soft jelly thing with each character quoting a different part of the final section of the original story. Am joins with the Russian and Chinese supercomputers, reawakens and tortures the 750 humans on Luna, the moon. As in the first ending, the character responsible for this is turned into a great soft, you know. Am is made harmless with the help of the humans, but the Russian and Chinese supercomputers take over in its steed. As consolation, they allow Am to choose what to do with the, to the humans, and Am turns the last character played into the... The player gives the totem of entropy to Surgot, one of Am's servants. He activates it, killing the Russian and Chinese supercomputer, and then turn. Then Am turns the player into the sort of jelly thing. That's what I got. The human invokes the totem of entropy in front of the Russian and Chinese supercomputer, 
and tells the player they did not earn his mercy and jelly. The player disables either it, the id, superego, or both, then invokes the totem of entropy. This ends with the player monitoring the computers, but the ego kills the 750 humans. Am and the Chinese and Russian supercomputers are defeated, and the 750 humans cryogenically frozen on Luna are re- reawakened, and Earth is transformed to become a habitable environment, with the overseeing be- seer being the last character played. That is the, quote, good ending, that last one. Okay. I don't even know what the hell my guide got. I, I was going to watch more and get more into this before we did the recording, and I was like, you know what, I... I just wasn't. I couldn't find much on mine either. I just wasn't interested. It, it's just so many different loops to jump through. Yeah. So we should. Yeah. I think we should. We should go to shelf stacker box. And I'll go first to get mine out of the way. I don't have a whole lot to say. I'm <laughs> gonna put it in a box. I mean, I'm glad I finally played it because I like to be able to knock things off a list that go on a list when somebody said, "Hey, we should do this on the show," and I don't do it. So list checked, but. Point and, venture, point and click adventures are not for me. This game was not for me, but I'm glad I played it and I'm glad to have experienced it and hear all the stuff about it. But yeah, I'll never play it again. So go in the box. What about you, Phoebe? I'm also going to put this on the box with an addendum that says, hey, go watch a video of this game because a lot of the theming and the writing still holds up even today. If not, if not the words used in it. <laughs> <laughs> and Ron. Well, I'm not sure what you mean by shelf stacker box. Oh, sorry, I did not say that before we started. A shelf being something you really like, box being something you dislike, stack is the middle. Well, so to, to to be completely clear, I haven't actually played it. I've just watched playthroughs of it multiple times. That's enough. Which which as far as I'm concerned is a great way to kill an afternoon. So I guess I'd have to say shelf because I don't mind spending a few hours just letting it play in the background when I do other stuff. And it's actually interesting. Yeah, I think if I were to play it, I probably wouldn't like it. But that's because it's point-click adventure. But watching it is great. And Richard? Well, I... Like I said, it's it's a game to experience. If you are... If you know of Ellison's works, know what kind of person it is, everything does make sense. I mean, this is something that started a new era in science fiction. but it was And it was adapted to computer. Now, I guess I, pre- I prepared for this. I played the game again. I listened to the short story. I read the short story. Game-wise, I think everybody should at least give it a try once in their lives. And if you ever have a time when you have to, like, things just seem bad, you know, playing through it, it's like, there are people who had it worse and made it through it and can make it through it. So, you know, definitely play it. Definitely play it multiple times if you don't get the the best ending, of course. You might want to experience all the endings just to see how they differ. I'm personally going to put it on the stack. I mean, this is not a game you should rush into and replay unless you really are a a big Harlan Ellison fan. I mean, the kind that would go gaga over his appearances on like The Simpsons and Scooby Doo. Yeah, that was actually one of the his best, I think. <laughs> but. Well, yeah, is this a, is, 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 is his appearance on Scooby Doo better than better than the Johnny Bravo crossover? Uh, was it, yeah, that was that that was in the that was your one you're talking about oh, was in Johnny Bravo itself. Yeah, in Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated, which was more a serialized big story with smaller parts. Uh, he shows up, and at the end, he becomes the new Mister E when the reality is changed. I did not know that. I just remember oh, him showing up with HP hate crap. Yeah. <laughs> he becomes a new mystery. Mm. I mean, it's appropriate. Ellison E. 
And he says, all my years of writing speculative fiction have allowed me to remember everything that happened prior because I'm a genius. That's awesome. Fits with him, fits with his personality, and his his look on that show was basically based off the his set his look in the seventies. But he's it's he is he is a brutally honest person who fought, basically fought tooth and nail to keep his work in its integrity. And if you did something based off his work and didn't acknowledge him, he'd be pissed. Hence Terminator getting his tag on there. But game wise, this game definitely it's on the stack. I would definitely recommend someone playing it, especially if you need that. And just appreciate the beauty of all the things they put in this to make it stand out. I mean, there's a reason why it stands out, even to this day. I mean, some games have it listed as part of a top, uh, some top 10 lists. So, yeah, definitely play it for definite. Okay. Or just or just watch along plays of it on YouTube like I do. Yeah, that's yeah. probably enough to. Yeah, you do yeah, that. Kind of what I almost did by just reading. So, yeah, like I said, it's a great, it's a great way to kill an afternoon, <laughs> or make a podcast, and you, you don't have to worry about killing time. You're not always busy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and Phoebe, where can people find you at? I am the Let's Play Princess. You can find me on Twitch, YouTube, and the Twitter underneath that name. All right, and Richard, where can people find you at? You can find me up on YouTube. I have everything. I have various game playthroughs that I put up on YouTube and other things. This is one of the games I did play through. I'm glad I played through it then. I'm glad to replay it for the the podcast here. You can hear me react to it first time playing it too. And yes, I used a walkthrough. (laughs) That's the right way to play. But yeah, and you can also find stories that I write that are posted up on websites like fanfiction.net, archive of our own, Comic Vine. Okay. And and we can make Mike play other games like this in the in the future. (laughs) I will play more games. I mean, if you want, if you want weird games that'll just uh, completely baffle people, I can, I can help with that. They don't even want to know some of the stuff I play. Oh, you're gonna have to message me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And maybe we can get him to play, uh, play Gibbous. <laughs> don't know what that is, so I'm gonna say no. The only I'm other point and click, Cthulhu point and click. It's, a, it is, it is in the point and click genre, but it's so damn funny. <laughs> the, only... the talking cat one. Yep. Okay. The only one I want to play is Blade Runner. That's the only point-and-click game that I want to play. So, because I'm curious about that. I think it's a point-and-click adventure, too. But we'll see. The Blade Runner Enhanced, which I did not realize is also on Steam. So, All right. And if you enjoyed this episode, there are over 500 other episodes of this podcast. We just finished our big Spooktober. So I'm sure if you enjoyed this, there is tons of other spooky stuff to go listen to. So definitely go do all that. If you want to support the show, we do have a Patreon. For as little as a dollar, you can vote in our uh, Patreon polls, we have one every month, so go support the show. You'll see a link in the show notes for that. Also, please join our Discord. you see a link in the show notes for that, too. You can chat with us, so you will you can see the invite. Uh, please join. We need more people to talk with us. And if you want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Helena at Hell Hasphere, you can follow her on TikTok, and you'll see a link in the show notes to all her Linktree stuff. Uh, you'll see a link to the people that are on here that just mentioned things. want to give a shout out to two other podcasts, uh, Gamer Looks at 40 by Bill Tucker, who's been on the show many times, and Nomads of Fantasy. Definitely go check them out too. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Threads, Blue Sky, and YouTube. Audio only, and please review us, rate, review wherever you get us, because it helps a lot. I think that's everything I need to say, so we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye, all. Bye. Bye. And remember, this was a mini. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.